Hello, podcast people. It's Ophira. Guess what? We're hitting the road again, and this time, Michigan, we're coming for you. Ask Me Another is going to be at the Ann Arbor Summer Festival on Thursday, June 26th. So get your tickets now. Just head over to amatickets.org. And if you want to take a spin in the puzzle hot seat and be a contestant, just send us an email to askmeanother at npr.org. Do it. This is a rebroadcast of an episode we recorded last fall. From NPR and WNYC, live from the Fitzgerald Theater in St. Paul, Minnesota, this is Ask Me Another. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, your host for this next hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Later this hour, we're going to talk to the woman who added 13 hours of binge-watching to our television schedules. She's the author of the New York Times best-selling memoir, Orange is the New Black, Piper Kerman. But now to kick things off, let's welcome a man who is the Minneapolis to my St. Paul, our one-man house band, Mr. Jonathan Colton. Hello. Very sweet. Thank you. And to help explain the games we're playing, keep score, as well as offer the occasional hint if required, it's our puzzle guru, Art Chung. Hi, Ophira. And we have our first two contestants, Nate Metcalf and Colette Smith. Nate, you are an actor and a playwright. I work for a company that does theater for children. We go into elementary schools and do shows for kids on electrical safety, water conservation, recycling, that kind of thing. Oh, that is very educational. It is. It's not high art, but you run around, slap rubber fish to your head, say, hey, don't stick a fork in a toaster, and call it a day. <laughs> These kids have not seen Tom and Jerry. They need this education. <laughs> and Colette, you are representing the geek girl gamer. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Um, I LARP in a live-action role-playing group. Uh, I do werewolf and vampire. Really? Yes. Okay, do you have a favorite? Is a werewolf or vampire? I kind of like my werewolf character the best. Uh, yeah, and what is it? Her tribe is described by the other werewolves as being a bunch of dirty tree-hugging hippies. <laughs> Those are the worst werewolves, honestly. As we are coming to you from St. Paul, our first game is appropriately called City of Twins. And the premise could not be simpler. This quiz is about famous twins, real, fictional, identical, fraternal, but all creepy. <laughs> so ring in when you know the answer, and the winner will move on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Let's do it. The twin sisters born Esther Pauline Friedman and Pauline Esther Friedman grew up to be better known by what pen names? which they used in their long-running newspaper advice columns. Colette. Ann Landers and Dear Abby. That is perfectly correct! Though they are better known for their disputed role in the creation of Facebook, the Winklevoss twins also competed in the 2008 Summer Olympics in what event? Nate. Synchronized luge. <laughs> They go down at the same time. I think that's just an exhibition event at this point. <laughs> I don't think that's an official sport. Colette, do you, have a, do you have a guess? Track and field? No, I'm sorry. It's not track and field. It was rowing, specifically coxless pairs rowing. So hmm. insert joke here. <laughs> insert joke there. 
Lisa Kudrow played both the Friends character Phoebe and her twin sister Ursula, a role that originated on what other sitcom? Nate. Mad about you. Correct. Twelve-year-old sisters Lisa and Louise Burns made their only film appearance playing the creepy Grady twins in what 1980 horror film? Nate. The Shining. You got it. You've seen The Shining clearly, right? Here's yeah. Johnny. <laughs> right, the only thing creepier, those twins were creepy, but I will have to say Shelley Duvall slightly creepier she's than a, those twins. Right, right. I know, she's the straight man through the whole thing, but she's yeah, one of the creepiest so things scary. on the screen. In Greek mythology, what were the names of the twins who became the constellation Gemini? Colette. Remus and Romulus. Oh, I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Nate, can you steal? Castor and Pollux. Yes, that is correct. Castor and Pollux. Those names did not catch on. (laughs) Chang and Ang, the original Siamese twins, adopted what last name after they settled in North Carolina and became farmers? Nate. Bunker. Yeah. Well done. That's how they fit in. That's how they fit in. (laughs) Oh, you mean the bunkers? Oh. No, I never noticed anything, no. This is your last clue. What twin TV stars turned fashion designers run their own couture label named The Row? Colette. The Olsen twins. That is correct, yes. (laughs) Puzzle guru, Art Chung. How did our contestants do? Well, in the city of twins, Nate was the winner. Congratulations, Nate. Colette, fantastic opponent. Nate, you'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Imagine me and you, I do. I think about you day and night. It's only right to think about the girl you love. To hold her tight So happy together If I should call you up Invest a dime And you say you belong to me And ease my mind Imagine how the world could be So very fine So happy together I can't see me Loving nobody but you For all my life When you're with me Skies will be blue for all my life. Jonathan Colton. <laughs> On stage right now, we have Katie Cisneros and Zach Wilson. Katie, Zach, you know James Bond had all these cool gadgets like a, a hydro car and a pen that shoots poison darts. So, Katie, you're studying to be an English teacher? Yes, you got it. (laughs) What neat gadget, if you were a spy, would you like to have in your repertoire? I would want a gadget that immediately allows me to read the mind of somebody who's thinking something about me, and then I would never use it because that thought terrifies me. Wow. I just want to know that I can. You want to be a mind reader? But only thoughts about me because... A narcissistic mind reader. A narcissistic mind reader. (laughs) Zach. Yes. You are a minister. 
I am. I'm a Presbyterian minister. That's great. Thanks. Yeah, Presbyterians. Yeah. But I'm married to a Lutheran minister. Whoa, you're married to a Lutheran minister? Yeah. The arguments must be out of control. They tend to be more about cleaning than Christ, but... It's always the way. <laughs> always the way. Do you claim Christ was a little messy and she's like, Christ was clean. Trying to get Jesus on your side is always a bad plan of action. <laughs> That's what the Jews say. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> so if you were a spy for God, no, or if you were a spy okay. in any way, yes. uh, what kind of gadget would you like? It's ironically a little related to Katie's, but it's the just the right amount of truth serum. Oh. Because I don't think I could really handle the whole truth. No one can handle the but, truth. But just the right amount of truth would be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This game is called License to Ill. We're talking, of course, about the fictional British super spy, James Bond, who has the license to kill, but in this game, we're going to talk about his lesser-known licenses. <laughs> Puzzle guru, Archung, would you like to give an example? Did you know James Bond also has the freedom to endorse any product he likes? It's because he has the license to shill. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Pun alert! Oh, God. Wow. This is either going to be awesome or horrible. <laughs> It might be both, Katie. It might be both. <laughs> That's right. So in this game, we're going to describe some of Bond's more obscure privileges, all which end in I-L-L or ill. And you have to guess what each license is. Let's give it a shot. In his free time, Bond grows a particularly aromatic herb in his garden, which he uses to make some of London's best artisanal pickles. Katie. License to dill? Yes, license to dill. We know of Bond's fondness for martinis, but what if there isn't any vodka or gin? Does he give up? No, he doesn't. He can always vaporize, then condense the alcoholic spirit of his choice, because he is the license to... Zach. Dis license to distill. Yes, he does. James Bond is a 7-Eleven store worst nightmare. That's because anywhere, at any time, he can help himself to another 64 ounces of cherry soda without buying a new cup. Zach. License to chill? To chill. It's a good idea, but incorrect. Katie. Is it license to refill? License yeah. to refill. If his tuxedo gets shredded by sharks with lasers, otherwise known as a shark lasernado, 007 can always whip up new clothes by weaving his own fabric, maybe denim or chino, with a pattern of diagonal parallel ribs. Zach. License to twill. That's correct. If 007 loses his usual writing implement, he can always whip out some vellum, pluck a nearby fowl, Sharpen the nib and inscribe his script post-haste. Katie. License to quill. Correct. <laughs> all right, this is your last clue. If all else fails, Bond can always annoy his enemies to death by causing an accumulation of fuzzies all over their favorite sweaters or blankets. <laughs> Katie. License to pill. License to pill. Hard to swallow answer, but it is correct. 
Art, how did our contestants do? It was a close game, but Katie was our winner. Well done. Huge thanks to Zach for being a fantastic contestant. Katie, you're going to be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. We're live from the famed Fitzgerald Theater here in St. Paul, Minnesota. And coming up, our VIP, that's very important puzzler, is author Piper Kerman. Her memoir, Orange is the New Black, My Year in a Woman's Prison, has been turned into a hit drama on Netflix. And we'll talk to Piper about her life behind bars and after. So stick around. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. Thanks for listening to Ask Me Another. There are lots of other NPR podcasts, including great interviews, highlights from this week's news, storytelling, and entertainment. So browse them all on iTunes under podcasts. listening to Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and we are live from St. Paul, Minnesota, the home of the artist formerly known as the artist formerly known as Prince. (laughs) Coming up, we'll choose our own adventures, plus we'll put Orange is the New Black author Piper Kerman in the puzzle hot seat. Let's say hello to our next two contestants. They were writers and performers on the cult TV show Mystery Science Theater 3000. And they continue to make fun of bad movies. For our enjoyment with Rip Tracks, please welcome Kevin Murphy and Bill Corbett. Hello. Hello, folks. There's nothing like a hometown crowd. They love there? you. Oh, yeah. Can I just go home now. It's not going to get any better than that. Great greeting. We are thrilled to have you. Uh, to begin with, just for anyone who doesn't know, what is Riff Tracks? Uh, we do film commentary, except we try to make it funny. <laughs> Essentially, watch an entire film, yep. a short or a long film, or a feature, a current feature, and we do a commentary track in which we try to uh, make fun of whoever's on. I'm making this sound really dry yeah, and boring. Really, the key word here is wow. try to make it funny. That's right. <laughs> so we attempt. We, we, we actually succeed occasionally. We do. <laughs> and then I can take this, uh, I, I download this, and I use download it for my own it. enjoyment. Yep. That's right, yep. And the enjoyment of others, Ophir. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> I can have friends still, is that what you're you saying? You can have Hello? friends. So when you're in a movie theater watching movies just for pleasure, do you have to stop yourself? hold back from just yelling out all kinds no, of... No, I'm actually kind of a prig about that. I don't like talking in the theaters. <laughs> I tend to shush people who are oh, yes. like me. I'm yes. the same way. When you pay money to actually hear the movie, that's fine. When you pay money to hear us, then we will let fly. Right. Yeah. This game is one of Jonathan's favorites. It's called This, That, or the Other. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> I do like this game. and It is among the goofiest trivia games one can play. Uh, so, Kevin and Bill, I'm going to name an item, and all you have to do is tell me which of three categories that item belongs in. Because of your particular areas of expertise, today's categories are weekly world news headlines, choose your own adventure books, 
or actual movie titles. For those of you who are unfamiliar with some of these categories, the Weekly World News was a supermarket tabloid that specialized in articles about aliens, the Loch Ness Monster, Elvis sightings, and it now lives on as a website. The Choose Your Own Adventure books were a popular children's book series from the 80s and 90s in which the reader could make decisions that affected the outcome of the story, and titles of movies are titles of movies. (laughs) We're going to alternate questions between Kevin and Bill, so there's no need to buzz in. And just tell us, is it a weekly world news headline, a choose-your-own-adventure book, or an actual movie? And the winner will move on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. We're going to start with Bill. Bill, purple squirrels on the rampage. <laughs> I, I want it to be a movie, but I don't think it is. Um, uh, choose-your-own-adventure. No, I'm sorry. It's a weekly world news on oh. the <laughs> See, the word rampage is key here. Yeah. <laughs> it could I be anywhere, it. I guess. Uh, okay, Kevin. Uh-huh. Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town. Wow. Um, that's got to be a movie. That is a movie. That's correct. Yep. I auditioned, did not get a callback. <laughs> Were you going to be a chopper chick or a zombie? A zombie. Yeah. Try for the sequel, which is Zombie Chicks in Chopper Town. <laughs> Okay, Bill, Prisoner of the Ant People. <laughs> it's hard, right? Could oh. be anything. Movie. No, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, I stink at this. It's a choose-your-own-adventure book. Wow. <laughs> it does right. sound like the worst adventure of all time. <laughs> It's like, of the ant people? Well, just, what I, kid shows that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kevin. The Dracula Fish Returns. Weekly World News. Yeah, that's right. Oh, man. Okay, Bill. War with the Mutant Spider Ants. Movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> It's a choose-your-own-adventure. <laughs> the adventure I chose was Great Shame. <laughs> Are you sure you didn't pick from choose-your-own-nightmare? <laughs> if you want to answer this question wrong, turn to page four. Uh, okay, Kevin. Deathbed, the bed that eats. <laughs> uh, I, I, there's been a lot of weekly world news, and it does sound like a, a t- title with a colon in it. So I'm going to go for a movie. You're right. It's a movie. You had to get that right, didn't you? <laughs> it does seem like you can rule out Choose Your Own Adventure on that one. <laughs> <laughs> right before bed. Right? The bed that eats? Yes. <laughs> Just like... All right, Bill. Surfer Ghost. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I know, you're very gun-shy, I can tell. I am, yeah, I've been wounded. Uh, Weekly World News? You got it! Yeah. King of the world! Uh, okay, Kevin. The San Diego Chulapa Monster. Chulapa. Oh, I know about this uh, monster, and I believe this would be Weekly World News. Yes, that's right. 
Okay, this is, this is your last set of questions. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> Bill, the great zopper toothpaste treasure. Choose your own adventure. That's right. Oh, thank God. I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, Kevin. Quaxer Fortune has a cousin in the Bronx. <laughs> you know, I, I'm seeing Matthew Broderick here. I'm going with movie. It is a movie. Wow. Starring Gene Wilder as Quaxer Fortune. Wow. Gene Wilder, right in between the producers and uh, Willy Wonka. A little art movie. A little art movie. <laughs> Quacks her fortune. Well, our long national nightmare is over. Art, Art Chung. Yes. Puzzle guru. What happened in that game? Well, we found out that Kevin has a subscription to the Weekly World News. Because <laughs> he is our winner. So great having you both on stage. Kevin, you're going to be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. But let's have a huge hand for Kevin Murphy and Bill Corbett. Thank you, everybody. Joining us now are Susan Herder and Kelly Gunchen. Hello, Susan. Hi. You work helping teachers adapt new technology. I do. Is it like helping them uh, post on their students' Facebook walls, or what's going on here? No, we don't quite go that far. Oh, that's um, too not advanced. yet. Uh, no, it's using the technology we currently have in our district and new technologies to um, better prepare students. You know, laptops, new technologies like laptops, things like that. <laughs> yeah. I got it. And Kelly, you're a financial advisor. That's a tough job. It's got to be a tough job. How do you keep yourself, uh, how do you stay sane? How do you stay happy? Comedy, humor, which yeah. is not something necessarily <laughs> my clients like to hear when they walk in. But <laughs> I like to laugh at your bank statements. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I come up with limericks for them, and they, they really enjoy that. Limericks? So, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you got, we got one loaded up? Oh, my. Yes. Your portfolio was once full of money. And your retirement looks so sunny. Then came the crash and out went your cash. Isn't it great that your advisor is funny? (laughs) Fantastic. This game is called Celebrity Spoonerisms. Ooh, Art, would you like to explain to the good people what a spoonerism is? I would indeed. A spoonerism is a play on words in which the initial sounds of two words get reversed. So the phrase peas and carrots becomes keys and parrots. Now, in this game, we've taken celebrity names and spoonerized them. And we're going to give you clues to both the name and the spoonerized phrase. So if we said an actor best known for playing Luke Skywalker becomes a warning that a warm-blooded animal is approaching, the answer would be Mark Hamill turns into Hark Mammal! All right, so each clue will have two components, a hint about the person and then a hint about the spoonerism, and you have to tell us both parts. A legendary martial arts star becomes a runny French cheese with a white rind. (laughs) Kelly. Loose Brie. He is Bruce Lee. Yes, that is right, Bruce Lee. Loose Brie. I love that people laughed at just the idea of loose brie. They were like, what? <laughs> loose brie? 
starring in the classic karate movie, Enter the Gouda. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how many cheeses we went through. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite female Alaskan governor becomes an activity that involves being towed in the air by a speedboat. Susan. Sarah Palin becomes parasailing? Yes. <laughs> exactly. The Watson to Robert Downey Jr.'s Sherlock Holmes becomes a sexually suggestive mandible. Susan. Jude Law becomes Lou Ja. He sure does. <laughs> the classic Hollywood queen of double entendres becomes extremely disheveled. <laughs> Kelly. Mae West becomes way messed. Yes. Nice. Exactly. I'm old. <laughs> and correct. Old and correct. That's what I tell my kids all the time. <laughs> okay, this is your last question. The original drummer for the Beatles becomes a command to abuse vermin. Kelly. Uh, Pete. Oh, gosh. Pete. Um, I can't remember his last name. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> Susan, can you steal? Pete Best becomes Beat Pest. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> All right, Art. How did our contestants do? They did amazing in this game. It was a tough game, but Susan is our winner. Congratulations, Susan. We will see you again at the end of the show. Do you get lonely walking your dog or cat? Want some company on your morning run? Then you should download our podcast from iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn and take us with you wherever you go. We'll keep the brain teasers coming and become your new best friend. Let's welcome our next two contestants, Jess Banks and Paul Rayburn. Paul, you're an actor and director? Yes. And you were once in the Full Monty. Did you go Full Monty? We certainly did. All right. <laughs> How was it? Revealing. Revealing. <laughs> and Jess, interesting job, a game publisher. Yes, I work for a local game publisher called Atlas Games. Uh, we make cardboard and role-playing games. Most of which with a somewhat bent sense of humor attached. That's like game night with the family. That is right. beautiful, yeah. Just get all, who needs therapy? No, exactly. <laughs> so this game is called Grammatically Incorrect Songs. Wait a second. Are you telling me that there are songs out there that do not follow the fourth edition of Strunk and White's Element of Style? I know it's hard to believe, but sometimes rock and rollers don't pay a lot of attention to grammar. So what I'm going to do, contestants, is sing some songs with glaring grammatical mistakes in their choruses. You have to ring in and tell me the original grammatically incorrect line. I will correct the line. I've been waiting for you my whole life. <laughs> okay, here we go. There is nothing that is wrong 
wanting you to stay here with me I know you've got somewhere to go But don't you make yourself at home and stay with me Don't you ever leave Lie down south Rest you in my arms Don't you think you want someone to talk to Paul Lay down, Sally. Lay down, Sally is correct. Yeah. <laughs> Sally's all about consensual conjugation. She's not going to do it. Wow. Unless you get it right. <laughs> I know you want to leave me, but I refuse to let you go. If I have to beg, plead for your sympathy, I don't mind, because you mean that much to me. I'm not too proud to beg. Sweet darling, please don't leave me, girl, don't you go. Jess. Ain't too proud to beg. Ain't too proud to beg, that's right. I got a gal who's always late. Anytime we have a date, but I love her. Yes, I love her. Gonna walk right up to her gate See if I can set her straight Cause I want her Gonna ask her Are you, are you not my baby? Paul Is you is or is you ain't my baby? You got it (laughs) This is your last clip God had a name What would it be And would you call it to his face If you were faced with him In all his glory What would you ask If you had just one question What if God were one of us Just a slob like one of us Jess. What if God was one of us? That's right. <laughs> Art Chung, what happened in that game? Uh, that was a tie. Holy right. beans. So we are going to a tiebreaker. What 1984 film's theme song features the grammatically dubious sentence, who are you going to call? Paul? Ghostbusters. Correct. All right, that could have been either of your game. Jess, thank you so much. Paul, you'll be moving on. Sorry, ask me one more final round at the end of the show. Coming up from the Fitzgerald Theater in St. Paul, Minnesota, we talk to our VIP Orange is the New Black author, Piper Kerman, about what it's like to see her own life turned into a television series. This is NPR's Ask Me Another.
We know what you're doing right now. You're getting ready to binge watch season two of Orange is the New Black. So are we. So here's a little rebroadcast from an episode that we taped last fall with author Piper Kerman, who is the author of the book that Orange is the New Black is based on. Here's an interview and a game. Enjoy. Live from the city so nice, they built it twice. It's NPR's and WNYC's hour of trivia, puzzles, and word games. Ask me another. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me is author Piper Kerman. Piper's best-selling memoir, Orange is the New Black, My Year in a Woman's Prison, is the inspiration for the Netflix series by the same name. And if you don't know, the story is basically about how one mistake you make in your 20s can change the rest of your life. Welcome to Ask Me Another, Piper. Thank you for having me. Hello, St. Paul. So we're all watching your show and or waiting for the next season, but what are you watching on television? Hmm. Uh, I just started to watch Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. You mean yeah. from the very beginning? From the very beginning. Please, please, please. <laughs> Don't the spoilers spend... wash over me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so your, your book paints a very vivid picture of what prison life is like. And I was wondering, actually, if we could enjoy a little reading so our audience gets a taste sure. of that. Absolutely. Brief reading from page 100. <laughs> At Smith College... The pervasive obsession with food was expressed at candlelight dinners and at Friday afternoon faculty teas. In Danbury, it was via microwave cooking and stolen food. In many ways, I was more prepared to live in close quarters with a bunch of women than some of my fellow prisoners who were driven crazy by communal female living. There was less bulimia and more fights than I had known as an undergraduate, But the same feminine ethos was present. Empathetic camaraderie and bawdy humor on the good days, and histrionic dramas coupled with meddling, malicious gossip on the bad days. It was a weird place. All-female society with a handful of strange men, the military-style living, the predominant ghetto vibe, both urban and rural ghettos, through a female lens, though, and the mix of every age from silly young girls to old grandmas, all thrown together with varying levels of tolerance. Crazy concentrations of people inspire crazy behavior. I can just now step back far enough to appreciate its surreal singularity, But to be back with Larry in New York, I would have walked across broken glass barefoot in a snowstorm all the way home. What was your main goal, if you could have a goal uh, for the television series, if you could have control over one aspect? Hmm. The thing, my goal with the book was to express my own uh, understanding of who is in prison in this country and what pathways take them there and what really happens to them there. Mm-hmm. Because what I found during the time that I was a prisoner is that it was very different than anything I anticipated or assumed. And that, I think, is exactly what the show does. You know, it just puts forward these fascinating women and their lives, and it shows their lives in inside and outside of that prison, and, uh, and you can't look away. How did you 
navigate your way through the social structure, figure out where you fit in? That's really the the subject of the entire book is standing in a situation that is completely unfamiliar, and I think that almost anyone can identify with that on some level, and trying to figure out where am I within the social ecology of this world. And what helped you? Well, I tried to be really helpful. I uh, hoped very fervently to teach in the education program. You know, half of all people in prison uh, lack even a high school education, but the prison thought that I would be better as an electrician, so um, (laughs) there I was. And I can report that if you get a fairly significant electrical shock, that it is kind of like getting kicked under the chin. Um, But, you know, I developed some handiness with tools. And the other thing that you do is you figure out, you know, not just the rules of the prison, but also the customs of the prison. So the things like cooking that are referred to in that um, the passage that I just shared. There's terrible, terrible food in prison that may come as no shock to anyone. But people try really hard to feed themselves, literally, you know, sustain themselves and sustain each other. And so, you know, that uh, habit, particularly with women, of cooking for one another was really, really important. Taking on, care of each other. Yeah, on right. a very practical level in terms of, like, you don't even want to go in the chow hall today, <laughs> but also in terms of taking care of each other. And so the one and only recipe that I was able to master was the prison cheesecake, but I was able to really master it to the extent that people I didn't know would say, hey, I hear you make a pretty good cheesecake, and it's my girl's birthday, you know, three days from now. And I'd be like, all right, I'll make her a cheesecake. <laughs> that I mean, just the way you said it, it's very funny. All right, I'll make her a cheesecake. Um, I would say the first three chapters or so are the jumping-off point for the series. And then the series goes its own creative incredible way. Is it frustrating at all for people to watch the series and assume that is representative of your life from people where they're just like, hey, why, were, why did you diss Crazy Eyes or something like that? <laughs> um, it's not frustrating for me, but it is fascinating for me. And people are definitely very, very intrigued and curious about what is drawn, ripped right from real life and, and what is the fanciful creativity of Genji and her writers. Um, and there's lots of both, right? as it turns out. Piper Kerman, would you be up for an Ask Me Another challenge? I will steal myself, and I'm up to the challenge. Fantastic! A round of applause for Piper Kerman. So for this game, let's welcome back Jonathan Colton and Art Chung. So Piper, we were really inspired by this MacGyver-like DIY innovation that you wrote about uh, and your microwave cheesecake. Martha Stewart was rumored to have made... Like, she picked crab apples from the prison grounds and made crab apple jelly. That just makes me dislike her more. (laughs) But it's amazing, clearly, what people will do to make prison food more edible and delicious. So in this game, we will pay tribute to the culinary creativity of the prisoner. We're going to read some actual recipes devised by prisoners, and you have to figure out what the dishes are supposed to be. And if you get enough right, Mark Pickler from Cleveland, Ohio, will win a special Ask Me Another prize. Here we go. (laughs) 
Crush three packages of ramen and a bag of Fritos inside a Ziploc bag. Add hot water and knead the bag until the contents become paste. Flatten the dough, then make a groove around the edge. Cover with canned chili or tomato sauce and top with squeezable cheese. Hmm. You could also, if you're lucky, <laughs> find some pepperoni slices in the vending machine. Pizza. That is correct. <laughs> Revolting. <laughs> it's the ramen noodles. There are other things you can reconstitute. What would you have chosen? Corn chips. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. Mash up a banana in a bowl, add peanut butter and honey, and stir well. Add sunflower seeds and peanuts. Spread a half cup of the mixture onto a flour tortilla, then put another tortilla on top, spread more mixture, and then a third tortilla. Drizzle with more honey and cut into wedges. All I can think of is spanakopita, but that's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, baklava. Yeah, yes. baklava. All right, put Frito's corn chips... Ah, and flaming hot Cheetos in a large bag. Crush them into powder and add hot water. Roll the mixture into a tube-like shape and then let it sit for five minutes. Open the bag, pour in some hot sauce, and enjoy what Mexican dish? Hmm. It might be a variation on chilaquiles. Okay, maybe. (laughs) We were thinking something else. Hot, hot, hot. Chile relleno. See, clearly you are more advanced <laughs> than us. Because we were just thinking tamales. <laughs> You're like, um, I know what all the right ones are, actually. Double bag some plastic trash bags. Combine warm water, fruit, fruit juice, raisins, sugar packets, and yeast. If you can't find yeast, use some moldy bread. Tie off the bag and hide it in your cell for a few days or a week if you can manage it. After enough time, you'll have what? You'll have hooch, and uh, if you're really smart, you hide, hide it up in the ceiling tiles if that's a good access place. Oh, is that right? You, yeah. hide, you hide it up there. Hide them up in the ceiling tiles. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's right. Hooch. Prison wine. Mm. Hooch. Did you, did you taste any, any? I passed on the hooch. You passed on the hooch. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Cook one package of chicken ramen, reserving a quarter cup of water. Put two tablespoons of peanut butter in a bowl and add one tablespoon of Frank's hot sauce. Add the ramen. You're probably not going to have any basil leaves, but this is still a surprisingly decent version of what Southeast Asian recipe? Pad Thai. You got it. Yes. Okay, finally, melt a Milky Way bar into a cup of coffee, and you'll get the prison version of what Starbucks drink? Frappuccino, cappuccino, mochaccino. (laughs) That's correct. (laughs) Art, how did Piper do? Piper aced his quiz. Yes, she did. Congratulations. You and Mark from Cleveland will receive an official Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. That's right. 
Thank you so much, Piper. How about a huge round of applause for our VIP, Piper Kerman. Good morning to you. I hope you're feeling better, baby. Thinking of me while you are far away. Counting the days until they set you free again. Writing this letter, hoping you're okay. Said you the room you used to stay in every Sunday. One that is warm by sunshine every day. We'll get to know each other for a second time Then you can tell me about your prison stay Feels so good You're coming home Colton. Now it's time to crown this week's grand champion. Let's bring back the winners from all of our games from City of Twins, Nate Metcalf. From License to Ill, Katie Cisneros. From This, That, or the Other, Kevin Murphy. From Celebrity Spoonerism, Susan Herder. And from Grammatically Incorrect Songs, Paul Rayburn. I'm going to ask our puzzle guru, Art Chung, to crown our winner. I would be happy to, Afira. This final round is called Peace and War. Contestants, I'm going to give you the opposite of a well-known book title, and your job is to give me the real title. Keep in mind, we're using the word opposite very, very loosely. (laughs) So, for example, if I said the visible woman, your answer would be the invisible man. We're going to play the spelling bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You only have a few seconds to give me the answer, and the last person standing is our grand winner. Here we go. Nate, of cats and women. Of mice and men. That's correct. Katie, a hello from legs. Uh, A farewell to arms. You got it. Kevin, the emerald number. Uh, I'm sorry. The emerald number? The emerald number? Oh, the green... Uh, I don't know. No, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Kevin, step aside. Let's see if Susan knows the answer. The scarlet letter. That is correct. I'm sorry, Kevin. You're out. Paul, daughters and haters. Sons and lovers. Correct. We're back to Nate. Celsius, 232.78. Fahrenheit, 451. You got it. Katie, weeds in the basement. Uh, flowers in the attic? Correct. Oh. <laughs> Katie went, no, but that is correct. Susan, the bad sky. The good earth. You got it. Very nice. Paul, tough is the day. Three seconds. Easy is the night? No, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. <laughs> Nate, do you know the answer? Tender is the night. Tender is the night. Thank you, Paul. Back to Katie. 
kind of quiet and a tad far away. And cr- there's a whole, I know the words. Um, very close and incredibly loud. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's close, but not yeah. correct. Susan? Extremely loud and... What's the last part? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Three seconds. Extremely loud and incredibly close. That's right. Oh. That's right. Thank you, Katie. We are down to two players, Nate and Susan. Nate, she's totally obsessed with me. He's just not that into you. <laughs> oh, that's sad, but true. Susan, how to lose enemies and dissuade animals. How to win friends and influence people. Correct. Nate, our ears were ignoring the devil. Our ears were ignoring the devil. Our eyes were turned to God? No, I'm sorry, that's not correct. Susan, do you know the answer? Their eyes were watching God. You got it, you're our winner. That was very close. Nate, well done. Susan, you did it. You are Ask Me Another big winner. And our VIP, Piper Kerman, has provided your prize, which is not only a signed copy of her memoir, but you also get some swag from the show. You get bright orange fingerless gloves that have the logo on them, and these were only given to the cast on the set. Awesome. And they'll be given to you. So congratulations, Susan. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, St. Paul, for showing us such a great time. If you're listening at home and would like to be a contestant on our show, just find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another, and you can be a puzzle player anytime, anyplace, by downloading our podcast. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Art Chung. Hey, my name anagrams to Mark Fudd. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Val Jolta Cannon. Additional puzzle writing by Karen Lurie, Dan Schofield, Noah Tarno, and Greg Volk. Ask Me Another is produced by Jesse Baker. Jab Seekers. Josh Rogerson. Sojig Honors. John Asante. Pat, no jeans. And Eleanor Kagan. And Orange Lake. Along with Portia Robertson Migas and Eric Newsom. We'd like to thank the Fitzgerald Theater. Feathered Targlets. Minnesota Public Radio. Incompatible Dinosaur. And our production partner, WNYC. WYNC. I'm her right begonias. Oh, Fira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, we play one of our favorite games where we give you a word and you have to guess which of three unrelated categories it fits under. Today's categories are world capitals, animals, and Lord of the Rings characters. Kigali, anyone? Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, for NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Game on. You're still listening? All right. There are lots of other NPR podcasts, including great interviews, highlights from this week's news, storytelling, and entertainment. So browse them all on iTunes under podcasts.